You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We're privileged and honored to have our very own, the Bishop of Victory Metro Manila. Let's all welcome Pastor Ferdy Habiling. Thank you, Pastor Ariel. I appreciate your leadership and your friendship. Pastor Ariel has been asked to oversee our our group here in the South. Today, we are um, now at the third installment of this series called Selfless, and this is our way of uh, doing counterculture. Uh, our culture is more into about self, about me, and about my own satisfaction, about my own definition of what love is. This is the month of uh, February. We decided, why don't we just go counterculture? Instead of me, selfie, selfish, what about selfless? It's about a sacrificial love that Christ has exemplified before us. And let's just say it as it is. It's selfless. And, and having said that, we have gone through, tried to go through uh, the letter Apostle Paul wrote uh, to uh, the church in Ephesus. So we've been going through that the last two weeks. And, and, um, and um, uh, the first two verses in chapter 5, the first week, second week. We uh, looked at the roles of a husband and wife. Umong, you were here last week. You enjoyed that sermon? All right. So today, we're going to go up to the earlier part of chapter 5 of Ephesians and, and go through it. And Apostle Paul has given instructions in this passage of his scripture. He has given so much theology at the first few chapters. At the later part, he now addressed different types of people, husband and wives, fathers, uh, parents to their children, bond servant to their bosses. And so here in chapter 5 and, and onwards, he's talking about instructions, practical living, how to live out love, how to live out holy living. And he has given so much instructions uh, that uh, it'd be easy for us to go through it and read it and just do it. In fact, as a church, we want to um, continue to equip our people uh, to live out these instructions. Um, here in our congregation, here in, in, in um, SM, Muntinlupa, we are, we are uh, having this uh, singles retreat design, retreat or a seminar designed for our singles. So we'll give us more instructions how to go through this. Um, how many singles do we have in the house? Raise your hands. Wave it. Wave your hands. All right. Great. So this is a seminar designed for you. Obviously, this message is for you today. I'm thinking about you while I was preparing this sermon. But not just, you know, we can't just solve our issues within um, 30 to 40 minutes. But we have prepared seminars for us in order for us to become a better testimony to the world. And this is our way of doing this. We're going to have it on the 3rd of March. And then... Those of you who decided, I'm tired of being single, I want to be married, then we're going to have this uh, seminar on Before I Say I Do, okay? And we want to provide that training. You can take that uh, seminar in the municipio, in the city hall, but as a church, we prepared our own. You know, we don't have courses in the universities on how to have, you know, BS, a Bachelor of Science in Marriage. Wala pong ganun. Um, but so we decided uh, to equip our people who are transitioning from singlehood to married life. And so we're serious about this. And so we've been doing this regularly. And also sometime uh, next month, we're going to be doing a seminar for the married ones. If you're married, this is for you as well. And this uh, last week 
of February, we're going to have this seminar. I've heard stories of guys who've been turned down by a lot of ladies uh, last week because it's about uh, February. And so a lot of guys really, you know, took charge and, and, and expressed their hearts. Some of them, they got uh, the yeses, and, but some of them, they got the rejections. I want to I wanna exhort all the men in the house, single men. You're designed to uh, withstand any form of rejections. You are born for this. You're born for this, you know. If you are a, if you are a young man and the girl says no last, the last week because it was February, then move on. Move on and walk as if you're telling her you just don't know what you're missing. <laughs> you know? Come on. You're born for this. You're a man, aren't you? You are. You're designed for this. Now, I might not be able to relate because she already said yes to me when I said it once. So it's okay, you know? Uh, <laughs> but it's okay. Really, seriously. If she, if she said no, give it a few more months. Maybe a year. Come back next year. This time, she'll change him, his mind. Somebody, Pastor, Pastor yelled, somebody last week, February 14, during a wedding, came to me and says, Pastor Ferdy, I want to introduce to you my fiancé. The reason why I say it's my fiancé, because I was inspired by that sermon you preached three years ago about men, you know, not, you know, giving in to rejection. Well, I came back and proposed the second time, and she said, yes. What about that for a story? Then she, she, told, uh, she told the girl, at least she now came to, his, to her senses. And so now we're engaged. Can you be our Ninong? <laughs> oh, man, I'll, I'll go all the way to General Santos just for to be a Ninong. But this message is for all of us. Uh, Apostle Paul gave a lot of instructions, but in the midst of all these instructions that we're going to be looking through today, I want to focus more. We're going to have uh, instructions in our single street seminars and married and, and, and before married. We're going to have all these instructions. Today, I want to focus more on the reasons behind these instructions. And, and these reasons are found right here in this passage of the scripture. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn it with me to Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 3. We've already uh, tackled verse 1 and 2, the first uh, uh, part of this session, of this series. So let's go start verse 3 to 14. Let's all stand as we read God's word together today. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral, impure, or is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of this, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. 
But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible in light, therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Let us pray. Father, thank you for once again bringing us together in this time. Lord, as everybody is celebrating uh, the month of February as a month of love, Lord, let each believer uh, here in this place understand that you are the epitome of what love is. And we come to you today and continue to instruct us by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say a big, big amen amen and amen. Here's Apostle Paul now instructing the, the, the church in Ephesus not just to avoid and disassociate themselves with the sons of disobedience, and not partner with them, but he's also exhorting them to adopt, say adopt, adopt godly lives or godly holy living. And so you reject, you avoid, and then you embrace a new lifestyle. And he has given all of these instructions, but I want to give the reasons behind the instructions. Because if we don't know the reasons why we're doing what we're doing, then it becomes sort of like legalism. I want us to see the heart of it so that we'll be able to apply them with joy and gladness and thanksgiving in our hearts. First, the reason why we want to live pure lives, whether you're single or you're married. Some of you who are married here, um, I want to let you know, um, you know, to the singles, we, we think, you know, what should I do? Well, uh, uh, Matthew 6, 30, says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, say all these things, will be added unto you. That's his promise. My job is to seek him in his righteousness. And it's his job to bring along someone. Come on now. Adam was asleep. Was asleep. He woke up one morning. And lo and behold, the Lord has brought Eve. That was the first marriage and the first Valentine's Day in the Bible. He woke up and what a morning. He said, whoa. Man, amazing. He called her woman, right? And then my bones are my bones, my flesh and my, of my flesh. No, he didn't speak. He sang. It's just sort of like Bollywood, you know, movies where they don't just speak. They sing and they dance. And I could imagine Abraham waking up in the morning, dancing and says, Oh God, thank you for this gift. And he thanked God the first time a human being spoke in the Bible. In a form of a song. When he was thanking God for the gift. Who among you single? You have a vision of someday God is going to give you a godly person to be married with. Come on now singles. This is it. Now. If the Lord should design for you to be single this year. Maybe it will be next year. But not this year. Let's say not this year. Well. The Lord is going to give you this year then. Grace. To be single and free. And pure and contented. Are you here? And that's his plan for you this year. And, and he will give you a spouse or the grace. Or maybe the spouse is the name of the spouse is grace also. Grace, grace. Lord, give me grace, Lord. <laughs> Her name is grace, you know. But uh, we need grace in both. And if the Lord would ask you to be single for the next two years, go ahead. If you're a student... How many know it would be nice if you be single while you're studying, right? Now, you can also be married while you're studying. It's okay. 
as long as your parents are okay with it. But if not, then, you know, why, why not wait? The longer you wait, the better it is. Are you here? And, and so waiting is good and is, and is, and is important. And so that's designed for, for singles. Now, if you're married, the Bible says that, you know, it's not good for a man to be alone. We talked about it last week. And it's, it, it has become, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the basis for marriage. And when he looked at the man and he says, he created all the universe. It was good, 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 and very good. And then chapter 2, he looked at the man and says, it's no good. You know, it's not good for a man to be alone. So it became a basis, the basis for marriage. That's why it has, you know, marriage would help carry on humanity or humankind, procreation. And then it gives companionship. There's a companionship, intimacy, uh, in relationship, emotional, spiritual, and, and physical. The Lord, that's why the Lord has given the gift of sex. And that is a gift. From God. He has given that. It's sacred. Not Bollywood. Not Hollywood. Not TV. But God. God gave that gift. And so, but Apostle Paul picked it up, picked that up and says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now he mentioned about uh, this intimacy within the framework of marriage. In fact, he reminded, you know, uh, the, the married folks, uh, and he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2, But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own what? With his own wife. Apostle Paul is saying, that this has to be done within the framework of marriage. You do it outside, we're going to have a problem. We are going to have a problem. We're seeing that destroy families upon families all throughout human history. And yet Apostle Paul and the author of Genesis already told us it has to be done within the framework of marriage. And then he said, and he says, and each woman with her own husband. Some of the people who come to us and as if everything is okay, if you ask them, well, is he your wife? Uh, no, Pastor. See, we have a problem with that. Because the, the instruction of the manual for, of life is within the framework of marriage. Verse 3, husband shall fulfill his marital duty to the wife and likewise the wife to her husband. And so Apostle Paul is magnifying once again that uh, physical intimacy ha it has to be done within the four walls of marriage covenant. And if it's done outside, then a lot of heartaches, a lot of issues, and it can not only destroy you, but destroy families, destroy nations, and destroy Eventually, your relationship with God, if you don't watch it. And so, therefore, I, I, I come before us, whether you're single or about to be married or, or, cop, or you're married a couple here, I'd like to encourage us, uh, you know, to, to focus on what, uh, on what he has, um, what Apostle Paul has instructed to us. So here, here are the um, uh, reasons behind why we need to live in, in purity, in this, in this dark world. Number one, higher standards. Because of higher standards. Let's look at verse 3 right now. But sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. I like how NIV put it. It says, there should not be even a hint. Say hint. Not even a hint among God's people. 
The saints, say saints. Saints are people who have been called, set apart for his use. And he says, not even a hint amongst you, amongst people of God. It shall not be even named among, among you. And that's what the scripture says. Why is that? Because I don't know, if you don't receive it and embrace that truly there's a higher standard, guess what? The world is actually projecting a higher standard from you. Have you noticed, before they don't mind you, but now they, you told your friends, oh, where do you go for church? I go to SM. Why SM? Uh, 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 are you in the lobby at the bottom there? Or are you in the, uh, in the scene? What is that? Oh, it's a, well, finally, you, you said it. I, well, I, I go to victory. Really? You go to victory? Oh, okay, nice. Well, after you said that, they, they would start to watch you, your life, the way you conduct your life. And then you, they see a mistake, they come to you and says, Oh, bakit ginagawa mo yan? Victory ka pa naman. Have you, have you heard that before? Kristiyano ka pa naman. And, and you realize, this is not about, you know, pastors or Christians projecting this on you. The world is expecting you, as saints, to live in a higher plane. Are we here today? I had a friend I was doing one-to-one with, uh, discipling him from the university. And I was doing my best. I was a campus missionary during that time. And, and I was, was reaching out to him and his friend. And it just happened that some of the girls would come. And, and so we welcomed them. Our small group started growing. But suddenly on my way, on our way to a uh, gym, this guy is kind of like one of the heart throbs uh, in the university. So I was, he was driving his car going to the high-end gym in Makati. You know, we were along Edsa and he was driving. He was a student from that university. And, and then suddenly we were silent and he made a confession in his, in his 30, just to let you know. Remember that girl who would got, come to our, to our group? He says, oh yeah, I remember her. She seemed, she seemed to be hungry for God. He says, yeah, but I were actually, you know, something happened between her and me. Oh really? How come? I was thinking, man... I've been meeting up with you for months. And you're doing this to me, you know. I thought you're for, re- in my mind, you know, I was, I was resenting in my mind. But he was quiet and he was apologetic. And, and I said, okay, um, you know, to, to make it easier for both of us, I said, at least for you, when someone asks you what's your religion, please don't tell them you're a Christian. Just tell them whatever religion you came from, you know. Just tell them the religion you used to be in. Because he's not from the Philippines. He's from another nation with different religion. So I said, just tell them that religion. Don't tell them you're a Christian. Is that okay? He looked at me and he realized the seriousness of my... It wasn't sarcasm. I was thinking maybe it was sarcasm. But it was an advice that triggered seriousness in his mind. Probably he prayed a serious prayer on the spot while we were in Edsa. Today, if you're going to ask him how he came to know Christ, he would, he would pinpoint that date. That day when we were driving along Edsa, that was the time that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Why? Because that was the time he realized that Christianity is not just a talk. It's for real. And, and so I hope we see this on Facebook sometimes. When a Christian would say something negative about this and about that, you would see replies from people and say, Christiano ka pa naman. And others, the world is watching us. 
And they're expecting for believers, followers of Christ, to be in a higher plane and higher standards. It's all by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, by the grace of God. It's all by the grace of God. And so, help us, God. Help us to live through this. And this is our motivation. And what an opportunity to be a beacon, to be a light in this dark world. And, and by doing so, by, by embracing this, then it, is, it has become a testimony. Number two, we move on to the text here. And um, he mentioned that. And then no filthiness, foolish talks, and, and crude joking, and so on and so forth. And then we, we go to the next verse, verse 6. Let's look at that right now. And it says, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of this, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Say, the wrath of God. The wrath of God comes to the disobedience. And he says, therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And, and, and that was the ex- exhortation. And he's talking about not to be like sons of disobedience. For the wrath of God comes the wrath of God. What's the second motivation or the reason why we are living pure, uh, and, and, and pure lives and, and living for the Lord today? Well, because the world is looking for higher standards. Number two, because of the coming wrath. Because of the coming wrath, coming judgment. In that coming judgment, believers will be given rewards. But the sons of disobedience will put on them wrath. And we see that happening in churches. We see that as far as, you know, you know, so-called believers are concerned. We have even Jesus himself. He had 12, but one of them is a son of disobedience. Judas. Judas right there. There's such a thing as, as judgment. And that's, and that's healthy for us to hear that as believers. Some of you are thinking, what a bomb of a sermon, you know, talking about judgment, you know. Yeah. Uh, Well, Apostle Paul put it in the middle of all this. And and just to remind them, look, do not be partners with them, he said, for they are sons of disobedience. And and it's healthy for us to hear this so that we can have a, 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 a proper understanding, a healthy view of what love is and how to, you know, uh, sacrifice. You know, uh, Edwin Lewis Cole said this at one point. He's a, he's a, he's a preacher who passed away some, uh, I, think, I think almost uh, 15 years ago. And he said, uh, defined love as something that is sacrificial. He says, love is a desire to benefit others, even at the expense of self. Because love desires to give, say give. While lust, he says, is the desire to benefit what? Self, even at the expense of others, because lust wants only to get. That's why we entitled this selfless. Because real love has something to do with loving others, not for the benefit of self. But lust is more of benefiting self rather than sacrificing for others. Wrath. The last one. Let's go to the next verse here, verse 7. I read it already, but let's go to verse 10. Go straight to verse 10. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. The third 
reason why we're living pure and walking in the light and walking in love is because not only the world is expecting a higher standard, coming wrath, but also because of divine pleasure. We want to please God. Who among you here, deep down in your heart, you want to please God with all your heart? Come on, wave your hands. Wave your hands. Lord, I want to please you, Lord. When we were singing a while ago here, and Alma's leading us, plus Ray, who among you appreciate our worship? I mean, that was amazing. Maybe we can have them again every, every twice a month or three times a month, but that was amazing. And while they, we, they were leading us, we were raising our hands in worship and said, Lord, I want to please you, Lord. I want to worship you. And that's all our heart. Guess what? This is not a battle about purity. This is a battle about passion, about loving God. Because you love God so much, because it's, He's the object of your love, then it is easy to get yourself accountable with someone. It is easy to get men around you in victory group who can help you grow in the maturity that God wants you to experience. You're not an island by yourself. You, we need one another in accountability in order, for this, in order for this to come to pass. And so we need one another. We need to help one another. And by doing this, we get, to, get ourselves aligned and says, am I doing okay? Am I doing right? Somebody will pat you on the back and says, bro, you just don't know what you're doing. It's, it's encouraging me. And, and keep it up. And, and, and by doing this, we're able to, you know, continue to please God in every way. And, and then we move on to the next verse. Verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works, and then, uh, but instead expose them. Take no part in this. Don't get into this. Everybody's getting into this, but not you. In fact, expose it. How do you expose it? Let the light, it says here, um, uh, verse by, by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light, and therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, awake and arise from the dead. Quote, unquote. Have you noticed this? This is quote, unquote. They tried to examine the Old Testament, where did this quote came from, but they couldn't find any text directly quoting this. And so they're speculating that this quote came from a hymn um, known amongst the, the, the Christians in Ephesus. It was being sung the way we're seeing our songs today. It was being sung amongst them. And Apostle Paul quoted and says, Arise, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Theologians are saying, maybe this has been inspired by Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, that says, arise, o, o, arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has come upon you. Isaiah 60, verse 1. They're saying it, it might have been inspired by that. And so, but what I like about this hymn is that it says, Christ will shine on you. We live in a dark world, but guess what? Christ can, can, can shine His light upon us and in our relationships. And when we experience that, guess what? We'll experience freedom. We'll experience uh, 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 real passion in our hearts. And we'll experience contentment in our hearts. So this is just for all of us today. I, wanna, I want you to go ahead and bow your heads. But I want to pray right now. Father God, thank you for this, uh, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for, for Lord, strengthening our faith and encouraging us, Lord. We can learn about steps and ways and rules and tips 
on how to be successful in our relationships. But Lord, we can, we can, uh, we can Google that if we want to. We can look at and go to all the seminars we can get into. But more than anything else, Lord, the reason why we're doing what we're doing is because you love us first. And we want to love you back. We want to please you in every way. More than anything else. Yes, the world is expecting a higher standard. Yes, Lord God, there is a coming wrath and we want to be aware of that. But more than anything else, Lord, we want to please you, Lord. We want to help discern. We want to discern what would please you, even in our relationships. And the way we conduct ourselves in public and in private. Lord, we are grateful, Lord God. For the opportunity to be a beacon, to be a light shining in this dark world. Some of us, Lord, our light is flickering. Some of our lights are dying. But Lord, you are a God of second chances and you are a God of forgiveness. Some of you here, you're saying, Pastor, I, I repent. After hearing your message, I want to repent of some, some issues in my life. And I want to acknowledge my need of His forgiveness today. My light is dying. It's supposed to be bright and shining in, in, in darkness, but Pastor is, is flickering. Today you're saying, Pastor, please pray for me today. And if that's you, just come before God right now. Come before God and say, Lord, I offer to you myself. We don't want to be like those, uh, Lord, People have been lied to in the book of in Ephesians where they taught that they can be converted to become followers of Jesus and yet live the way they used to live. Lord, it's a lie and we set it aside. We embrace a living, vital relationship with you. Lord, we repent, Lord God, of practices that is not pleasing to you. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us. Lord, I thank you for the marriages that are here today. We prayed for them last week. We want to pray for them again. Lord, I thank you for strong and long-lasting marriages in this church. We stand with each and every married couple here.